some people consider their father to be their hero, the person you look to when you need help with homework or maybe when you're too nervous to talk to a girl. This is not the case with this crime, where a son shot his own father point-blank with a rifle. And the shocking thing is that he almost got away with it. My name is Robert Evans. I am a crime scene investigator. Our job is to report on all the most shocking crimes in detail. Maybe that other news I'll tell you, starting with this one. Hello, my name is Brett Austin. I work for the CPD, CB, CPD as a forensic expert for the past seven years. So I'd say I'm pretty qualified to talk about this. My name is Barry Allen, and I am a forensic scientist, and I work in the forensic department, which makes me certified to give you my take on this case. I have been doing this for seven years now, and I am quite confident when it comes to my evidence analysis. My name is Jeremy Smith, and I am a forensic investigator. I went to the University of Harvard, and I've been on the job for 11 years. Our story starts many years ago in Minnesota. Kenneth's, family, Kenneth's wife was terminally ill, Jason had to be the one to take care of him. Jason resented his father for this. We should remember that. When Jason's mom passed away, Kenneth wasn't there for Jason or his dying wife. He flew halfway across the world to ease the pain. Jason was stuck to grieve by himself. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm very upset with my dad uh, that he just left to, with, with me to deal with my dying mom. It was... It's pretty difficult. It was a very hard time for me. Jason and I, and I were very, never the like, closest friends, but the whole school knew how hard he was taking it. Jason took it so hard. Jason took it so hard that years later he went around asking kids at school to help him kill his dad. Like I said, uh, Jason, Jason never close, but he knew I had a gun. I knew he had money, so it worked out. Jason asked multiple people in school for a gun, but finally sell on Matt because he figured he could trust him. Jason called 911 and reported that Ken had been shot and killed. The cops found seven shots in Ken's chest. This was weird because there was only one bullet casing. The cops assumed that whoever killed Ken picked up the bullet casing to throw off the scene. However, they forgot one. The evidence was weird when it was presented in court. The fact that there were only there was only one case was weird. It didn't take long to figure out that the murderer picked up the other casings. Jason was the first suspect because he found the body. He was quickly dismissed because there was no blood on his clothes. Seemed to be their first mistake. This had happened to me when my dad got shot. I would rush over to him, making sure he's not dead, which probably would mean he, there was blood on my clothes. The cops saw three trails of different footprints, two in the back and one in the front. Jason told the cops that he never seen them in the back. No. That would clear their name. Doug, 
The autopsy, they found four different kinds of ammunition in Ken's body. This meant there are either multiple shooters or the killer wanted to make it seem that there were more. The cops later got a phone call from a girl from Jason's school saying Matt helped Jason kill Ken. Matt gave Jason the gun in exchange for money. The cops found a rifle in Matt's bedroom, which they took. Forensics expert fired the shot to the water to see what the bullet, case, bullet casing looked like when they were fired. When the guy at ballistics looked at the gun, he found the inside of it had been scratched. He knew this man, Matt, was trying to throw the cops off the scene. They found blood in the barrel. This cemented what the cops thought had happened. On the body, there was damage to the hand. This showed that Ken tried to push the gin away with his hand. At this point, I knew get out of it. So I, I kept I just pleaded guilty, hoping I'd get a shorter sentence. Jason, however, did not come forward. Matt told the police that Jason did it. The footprints that were found before were very useful in this case, being that it had snowed the previous night. They were able to get a good shoe print scan and have it analyzed by the analysis crew. I didn't want to help Jason murder his dad, but he gave me a good deal and I could really use the money, so I guess I just agreed. So there's one more thing the Texas were looking for after Matt had confessed to helping Jason. The shoe that matched the prints in the snow outside the house. Matt told detectives exactly where they were, in his basement in the garage bag hidden away. I, I guess I was just nervous, so I, uh, I hid the shoes in, in my basement. Uh, I didn't know I would end up being involved in, the, in a murder, but was. Jason was now about to be interrogated for the last time, not knowing that Matt had already told detectives what happened and that he had pleaded guilty. The detectives asked, did you kill your father with the rifle that was found in your bedroom? He pleaded innocent and remained confident in his answer, even though he was stuttering in the detective detective's office. Uh, although with everything my father did wrong, uh, when my mom was dying, it it would drive me to kill him. Money was never an issue. I just wasn't the type to hold grudges. I didn't kill him. Jason had a pretty good reason for not killing his father. The jury wasn't buying it. Jason was charged with first-degree murder, and for Matt, was charged with second-degree murder. Jason was given the life sentence, and Matt was given 30 years in prison. Do I, re- do I regret what I did? Yeah, absolutely. Was it even worth the money? Not at all. And now I have to pay the consequences, and I hope this stupid decision changes Jason as a person, too. Okay, at the end of the day, I just can't believe I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, and we hope to see you next week on this wonderful podcast.